word. Thank you all oh, so much as we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Ascension Day 2022. This year it's going to be May the 26th. Very important day that Christians should honor and celebrate, but fail to. It's sad how many don't even know about Ascension Day or the importance of Ascension Day, but it's a very important day to commemorate, more so than some of the others that are celebrated throughout the year. We're not told in the Scriptures to celebrate that particular day, but it would be nice to... Christians would consider it and remember it because Ascension Day was the day that Jesus Christ ascended to the Father. And that was 40 days after His resurrection. And then 10 days after that was the day of Pentecost when the apostles received, well, it was some 120 at one time, apostles and disciples that received the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. So there are important holidays or important dates that we should really remember and consider. And this Ascension Day, I say, is a very important one because the ascension of Jesus Christ is so important in the account of the gospel, in the account of the history of what happened. And Jesus Christ come down, lived amongst us for some 33 years, and then he was crucified, he buried, rose again the third day. And then he stuck around some 40 days preaching and teaching, ascended to the Father, sits on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest, the mediator for us, the propitiation for our sins, the payment, the atonement. But that day of ascension is so important because he gave us the example of ascending with a glorified body, ascending up to be with the Lord, as we all will when we receive our glorified body. We will ascend up. But Jesus Christ was transfigured into a glorified body when he rose from that grave. Because he was able to appear where he wanted, when he wanted to, into that upper room and have a meal with the disciples without even having to go through the door. But yet having that physical existence to be able to interact with them. Giving us clues of how we may be during the millennial period. That kind of a body. But let's look at the account of the ascension as recorded over in Acts chapter 1. As I said, it's important. It's written in the Scriptures. So if it's in the Scriptures, we need to know it. As it reads here, The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which He was taken up. After that, He, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom also He showed Himself alive after His passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So for 40 days after he rose from that grave, he stuck around preaching and teaching. And we don't have much recorded of his teaching at that time. We don't have many of his words recorded. But for 40 days, he was still teaching and preaching to them. Many of those things are mysteries that he has not yet revealed to us. It's interesting to just ponder what is it going to be like during the millennial period? How much more is he going to allow us to know and understand and use during that time? Maybe a full understanding of what happened those 40 days. As it continues, And being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. 
For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom of Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall, have, shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. That indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost coming onto them, into them, never to leave them, occurred that ten days later there, the day of Pentecost. And occurs to anyone now that trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the Holy Ghost comes into them immediately and begins to do a work in them and teaches them and continuously prays for them on the Lord's, or I should say, in the Lord's will. And that is awesome that He constantly is praying for us on our behalf to the Lord, to the Heavenly Father. So in that, we have that connection so that it's a constant flow of communication to our spirit, to the Holy Spirit, to the Heavenly Father. Verse 9, And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the Mount of Olivet, which is from Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And, they, and when they were come in, they went up into an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew and Philip and Thomas and Bartholomew and Matthew, James and son of Alphaeus and Simon Zealots and Judas the brother of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. Some interesting things were taking place here. The ascension of Jesus Christ and the announcement that he's going to come back and receive us to be with himself. We will be with him for eternity when he comes back and receives us with him. When we die before that day of the rapture, we are going to be with him and we'll always be with him. We'll come back with him at that point of rapture and receive our glorified body. Those things we know from the teachings. But some other interesting things here, like we were speaking earlier in Sunday school about how his brethren, his brothers and sisters, how they had rejected him, had not trusted in him and acknowledged him as Lord until after his resurrection. As you note here, when it was listing the people that were with him, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. His brothers and sisters were with him. Because you remember he had those four brothers. And they were with him. And they started to believe. We have James and Judas, who changed his name to Jude, who wrote the letters that we see in the New Testament. 
So that change in him was so evident that it even brought in his family, which as he taught us earlier in Sunday school about how being rejected of your family. So when you're truly born again, when you're truly indwelt with the Holy Spirit, there's a change in you that others can see. Some will accept that and be drawn to it. Others will reject it and draw away from it. Other things that we can learn. I mean, there's so much, it's so fascinating when you start looking at the scriptures and you start reading them over and over, how much more and more that you can learn. And these accounts here about the ascension of Jesus Christ is so important for us to know. Just as it says, the simple words over there in Mark chapter 16, verse 19, So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Jesus Christ sitting on the right hand of the Father is important because He is our propitiation. He is the attorney, you might say, our spokesman for us. As He records over in the small epistle of John, in 1 John chapter 2, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. That's where He is right now, sitting on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest, the mediator, propitiation. He's our advocate, pleading our case. And that's awesome that we have that. And acknowledging that He ascended, and He is right there on the right hand of the Father. That's important for us to really remember that, to think about that. As he recorded also in the Gospel of Luke, in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them, And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Amen. That ascension recorded in multiple places here is so important that we truly understand that. And as he said, being indwelt with that Holy Ghost, that spirit of truth that comes into us, as we saw over there in Acts, in Acts chapter 2, in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, now Pentecost is 50, that's 50 days from the Passover, and he was crucified at the Passover, and then he ascended at 40 days, and then at the 50-day mark, we see, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Speaking with other tongues. Why? so they could do the work that He had laid out for them to do. Preach the gospel. Spread the gospel to all mankind. There were many people that came in for the Pentecost that needed to hear the word that did not speak Hebrew. So they needed to hear it in their own languages. That's why He gave them the opportunity to be able to speak 
different languages. Just as we send folks out all over the world to spread the gospel and missionaries, they need to speak those other languages. The Lord gives them the ability to be able to understand and speak other languages. Speaking of tongues isn't something to be hop up in the, in the congregation and start spewing out some stuff nobody can understand, and then you start running around the room, jumping up and down, hooting and hollering, and roll around the floor. That's all for your own glory. I'm not for the glory of the Lord. Speaking of tongues is a gift to be able to say something that other people can understand that you yourself could not understand before the indwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost. And it was given to them. It's so important that we acknowledge and know exactly what it is to have the Holy Ghost in us that He provided us with, that He told them that He would provide them with when He ascended up to the Father. And that assurance that he went up there and he's going to come back and get us again is recorded over there in John chapter 14. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Given us that example, given us that indwelling spirit, Filling us with a spirit of truth, as he says over there in verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth in you, and shall be Excuse me, he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. In that day that you receive the dwelling Spirit of the Holy Ghost, he was talking to those disciples there. Then it was fulfilled over there at the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. So we see how that was all given to them and available to us. When we trust in Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, the Holy Ghost comes into us immediately, is the spirit of truth, is the comforter. We need to listen to Him. We need to grow, spiritually grow and mature. It's sad to see how many Christians get saved and they get comfortable and they just sit back and coast. It's kind of like these raft trips that you can get or canoe trips or these blown up floats that you can float down the rivers. There's sections of the river that you can get into that are nice and calm and smooth and you can see those ahead. You can see the white water or the rough parts or you can see the smooth water. Some people like to just go over into the smooth, calm water and there's even areas that will just get circling around nice and calm. You won't even go down the river. You just sit there. But if you start looking around, you see stuff floating. You see, If you stick your foot down in the dirt, down at the bottom of it, it's all mushy and the, the sediment. And the, you smell the water. It's a little bit stagnated over there because it's not moving. It's not circulating. You need to get out of that stagnated water and get on over there where it's moving and it's traveling. Head for that white water and hang on for the ride. Because that's what the Holy Ghost can give you. That can give you that ride of a lifetime down that white water. And it's exciting. It's scary, yes. Some people like to avoid scary things. But go into that. 
That's available by listening to the guidance of the Holy Ghost. He'll put you into opportunities and places where you would normally would think you didn't have the ability to do or the skills or the knowledge to do, but we got to understand we don't stand on our own skills, knowledge, and understand. We stand on His. He can give you the understanding of what you need when you need it. He can give you the words you need to speak when you need to speak them. He tells us that in His Word. So we merely need to listen to the Holy Ghost and go ahead and do what He allows us to do. And always know, He's not going to make us serve Him. He's not going to make us represent Him out there. No. But He allows us to. Just like He doesn't make you come to church. But He allows you to. You come to church because this is the feeding place. You come in, you feed. You use that food. It nourishes you. And you take it out and you use it. Just like your physical body. You take care of it by nourishing it with proper foods. And you use that proper food to build muscles and strength and energy. You get out there and you move and you get stronger. You exercise, you get stronger. You work, you get stronger. Same thing in the Lord. The Lord gives you the food of the Word of God. What are you going to do? Just sit around and get fat? Or are you going to apply that and get stronger, building more muscle, building your spiritual existence, becoming stronger and stronger, becoming more and more mature? That's what He has available to us. That's what he was telling them in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus could have risen from that grave and stayed here and still be here today, still doing a work here on this planet, in person. He could have done that, but he didn't. Why didn't he? Because he's given us the opportunity to do a work. He's sitting on the right hand of the Father, communicating to us by way of the Holy Ghost to do a work so that we can build rewards, so that we can build blessings, so that we can use those blessings and rewards when we roll over into the millennial period and then for a thousand years to be able to use those things, multiplying those rewards and blessings for that thousand years and then taking that over into the eternal state. We have so much ahead of us. This is just the very beginning. This is like in the military. This is basic training. This is boot camp. We need to get out there and get to work because we are His stewards. We are His ambassadors. He has given us this body. He's given us this mind. He's indwelt us with the Holy Ghost. Just as He told the disciples shortly before the ascension, we need to do the same thing. Get out there and do what He has allowed us to do. And also over there in John chapter 14, it's amazing right there as He tells us in verse 26, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. These words were delivered to the disciples, specifically to the apostles there. And they took that and they recorded the rest of the writings that we have in the New Testament. But this also extends to everyone that receives the dwelling spirit of the Holy Ghost. He comes into us, comfort, uh, comforts us, and teaches us. 
and brings to remembrance his words when we need those words, when we always listen to him. That's the key. We have to listen to him. Or I should say, we should listen to him. We don't have to listen to him, but we get to listen to him. Sure, you could take and gag him, tie him up, throw him in the back seat of your vehicle and drive it yourself. But when you do, you're going to wind up in the ditch. You need to get out of the driver's seat, let the Holy Ghost get in the driver's seat, you get in the passenger seat, and don't tell the driver how to drive. Don't reach over and try to take the wheel yourself, because there again, you wind up in a ditch. You've got to sit there and hang on for the ride. And it's an awesome ride when you really do that, when you really listen, and as you grow and grow, and He indwells you with more and more stuff, and more and more gifts... Just as it says over in Romans chapter 8, in verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for, as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's what I was talking about earlier, how the Holy Ghost is in there doing it right all the time, praying for us. That is so comforting. Because we of ourselves ain't got sense enough to do things right. I mean, admit it, we don't. We're always stumbling. We're always messing up. We're always doing something wrong. Well, take it back to the Lord, ask for forgiveness, and start listening to the Holy Ghost. And have the comfort of knowing that even when you're not doing it right, He's in there doing it right for you. Verse 27, And he that searcheth the hearts, that's the Holy Ghost, in us, searching us, knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints, according to the will of God. And that's one of the key things. Many times we'll come to the Lord and ask various things, ask say prayers for this, you want this, you want that. Sometimes the things that we shouldn't be having. Sometimes they're not to our benefit. And many times they're not to the will of the Lord. But it's awesome to know that the Holy Ghost is in there doing it right all the time, always in the will of the Lord. So... Listen to Him. Pray. And know that He can give us things that we can use. And the spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, picking up there in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led... Like I always point out, Paul loves to remind us where we came from. Wherefore, I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. No, to profit with all. Everybody to profit from it. When the Lord gives you a gift, when the Lord gives you a blessing, it's to help the entire kingdom, not just yourself, not just to bring honor and glory and pleasure to yourself. For to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. So if you had all this wisdom and all this knowledge, and all you did was sit around and ponder and wonder and be impressed with yourself because you knew all that, 
then you're not benefiting with all. You're not sharing it. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, diverse kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. Note, to some, the understanding of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Not to everyone. There's a false teaching out there by many that if you do not speak in tongues, then you do not have the Holy Ghost, which is a total, flat-out lie. Not of the Scriptures. Sacrilege. Here he clearly puts, to another diverse kinds of tongues. Not to all. But all these worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. As he will. As his will. He gives us those things. As His will, He provides us with those in order to benefit with all. Benefit all the kingdom. And on top of that, He gives us fruits. When we produce fruits, we are bearing the fruits that are given to us by the Holy Ghost. When we take the nourishment of the Word of God and the wisdom that the Lord gives us by way of the Holy Ghost, then we bear fruits. As he describes these fruits over in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections, and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, envying one another. The various things that we are given and how there at the end he mentions that you've got to use them in the right way. Don't use them to puff yourselves up and cause a division or a problem. And don't Lean on the side of the flesh. Stay to the Spirit. And when you stay in the Spirit, you can share these things that come from God. They don't come from us. We don't have enough love in ourselves to do what we really should. But when we take the love of Jesus Christ that comes into us, then share that. Then that can have some great influence and help others out there. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Joy. Are you filled with joyfulness? Are you filled with the joyfulness of the Lord? That's the joyfulness that we can truly have that really counts. Peace. That's something that a lot of folks lack, is a nice peacefulness. To know that you are part of the family of God. To know that you will someday ascend just like Jesus Christ ascended. To know that He's going to come back and get us and we'll be with Him for eternity. To know that you're going to receive a glorified body like the Lord received. That gives you peace. Then you don't have any fear of death. You don't have any fear of wars and rumors of wars. You don't have any fear of pestilences and pandemics and violence. Because you're at peace. We're down here for just a brief moment. Like James says, Vapor in the wind. Use that moment to bring honor and glory to the Lord. 
and know that we have in heaven waiting for us a home with the Lord for eternity. And that's awesome. All because Jesus Christ rose from that grave, stuck around some 40 days preaching and teaching, and then ascended to the Father. Sitting on the right hand of the Father, our great high priest, our mediator, Jesus Christ. So commemorate that day of ascension in the acknowledgement of knowing that someday you will ascend also and be with the Lord for eternity. Let's pray. Lord Jesus and Heavenly Father, we thank you oh so much for what you've given us, for what you've done for us, what you do for us each and every day. Help us all take what you've given us and be good stewards and use it to bring honor and glory to you and to go out and share the many things that you bless us with each and every day. And thank you oh so much for the opportunity for us to be a part of your work. So we pray in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen.